And we are back on DK's Take Here on MavRadio.fm. And my next guest is Lynn from Stay, Af- Stay Alive and the Power Five. How you doing, brother? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. You had just an epic couple of weeks here, oh, man, since man. the last time we talked. We'll get into it. We'll gotcha. definitely get into it. I mean, <laughs> the last part will kind of go over, but I got Lynn doing, putting in work, man. I'm so happy for you. But we're going to start off with the first question. What bowl, not including the playoffs? had the biggest impact on the uh, bowl season? All right, hands down, it's gotta be LSU, Central Florida Fiesta Bowl. And the reason why I say that is because heading into the meat grinder of the bowl season, there was a lot of talk about the playoff expanding to eight teams that, you know, they didn't get that fourth spot right. But the game with LSU and Central Florida, LSU snapping Central Florida's 25 game win streak, it kind of just put that expansion talk, you know, on the back burner. It just exposed – what I don't understand is these teams argue about not being in the playoff, but when they do make the playoff, they get exposed and just slaughtered. And actually the committee's doing these teams a favor by saving them, you know, sparing them the embarrassment. But with LSU taking down Central Florida, Ohio State, you know, almost, you know, losing to Washington – and, you know, Michigan is a cream by Florida. And Oklahoma won and done in the playoff for the third time. Come on now. I think they got it right just keeping it at four teams. <laughs> Notre Dame should never be allowed to be oh in my a goodness. college football playoff wow. ever I mean, they, again. They did not belong on the field with Clemson at all. Didn't even get off the bus, you know. No, they don't belong on the field with any power school because they just don't have the, the athletes and the athleticism to compete with these, you know, top-end schools. And I think I think because of the fact that um, Alabama and Clemson beat up on those teams so bad, it's going to move to an 18 playoff. You, you, you heard it here. It's inevitable that it's going to because those teams that didn't get in, even though they probably would have got blown out at the same time, the teams that didn't get in, the fact that Oklahoma and Notre Dame got the brakes beat off of them. Right. It's a reason why they're going to move it to 18 playoffs. That's that's just, just what I feel. You think so? Okay. I think, like, they might keep it at four, at least for a couple more seasons. But you never know. Money talks. And, hey, it might be an interesting offseason. And that's why they do the uh, – I think this will be uh, about a two-year gap between uh, us doing that. But the uh, the reason why we have the way the bowls are now is because of money. That's why they – you know, it's taking them so long to expand – to the playoffs because they make so much money off right. these Rose Bowls and Orange Bowls, sponsors, Sugar Bowls, yes. the sponsors and everything. That's everything for college football. And that just makes me feel in a way like I don't like college football for that aspect because it is all about money. And, and the way these players get used up and chewed up and spit out, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's insane. But that's just a story for another day because as college football, you know, winds down, we actually get to jump into more interesting things about college football now that the actual games are going to be over. Right. You know, we get to talk about, you know, the prospects. We get to do our mock drafts, which mm-hmm. is I'm super excited to do with you, <laughs> is the NFL mock drafts. My favorite thing about football is the combine, mm-hmm. the drafts, the mock drafts, all of that. And I've never really gone in depth mm-hmm. on prospects and, you know, teams drafting and stuff like that. So I think we're going to have a field day with that. So I'm super stoked about that. Moving on to the uh, next question. Thoughts on the semifinal games? Well, like you said, uh, Oklahoma being one and done. Notre Dame not even able to just, just getting annihilated by Clemson. It just kind of shows you 
how Alabama and Clemson been on a crash collision course all season long and going to be clashing the national championship game. These are, hands down, the two best teams in college football. Uh, Clemson, they uh, decided to, you know, suspend Dexter Lawrence, their star defensive tackle, for, you know, the rest of the postseason. And it didn't even matter. You know, they didn't even need him. You know, I mean, stuff, Notre Dame's run game and got after Ian Book. Notre Dame couldn't do nothing. And Alabama, I mean, who really going to – I mean, Notre Dame – I mean, uh, Oklahoma did put up, you know, 34 points on them. But I think, like, that – that score at the end didn't indicate how the game really was. Yeah, you, know? you had to watch the whole Alabama game. was in control of that game the whole game and never was threatened. So don't don't get misconstrued. Don't let the by that. box score fool you. Right, but uh, this is gonna be an exciting uh, national championship game with Clemson Alabama meeting for the third time in the past four years. This game right here though might be the best of their trilogy for the national championship I game. Agree. I think this one might really really be good and come down to the wire again. Let's not get it twisted. The last three national championship games in the college football playoff been some barn burners. Yes, so, they have. So I'm sure this one won't disappoint. It's amazing, amazing bowl season, amazing regular season. I mean, this is why we love the game. We love college football. I mean, it's not just the game. It's a way of life. And, hey, I'm all for it, you know. Uh, so we'll start, I'll start off with the uh, first. Uh, the first game was Notre Dame-Clemson. We already kind of spoke on that. Uh, Notre Dame got the brakes beat off of them. Notre Dame does not belong in mm, no more mm, of these conversations mm, mm, unless mm, they mm. beat teams of worth. Their best wins were against uh, Michigan, Michigan and probably what? USC? Syracuse. Syracuse? Yep. I mean, e even though Syracuse looked good in their bowl game and they actually won their bowl game, I think they went 10 and 3 on the season. I think they did. Um, just Notre Dame, and, until they play teams that are in the upper echelon. So if USC was like in the top five and all that good stuff, they're not going right. to understand it. But. At the same time, them West Coast teams aren't like the, the Southeast let me tell at you, all. Go let ahead. Me, let me tell you something that it really comes down to. These teams get to the postseason not being battle-tested for the regular season. And that it's unfair because you only can play the teams that's on your schedule. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to it, um, how you each conference has different coaching styles, different schemes. Like the Pac-12 is kind of finesse. The Big 12, very finesse, offensive-friendly but don't break defenses. The Big Ten and SEC, smash mouth football, dominant defense, you know. So it's different. Like the teams, like from the Pac-12, let's say Washington ran up on Ohio State. I mean, were they really battle-tested to play against Ohio State, playing that Pac-12 schedule they had? No, nope. of course not. So that's what it really comes down to. And until, like, I don't even see how you can fix that. Just, what, beef up your non-conference schedule and play some legit teams and – Hopefully, a lot of teams get stronger as the season progresses, mm -hmm. you know, um, and injuries does take effect, you know, and things like that. But when they get to the postseason, get to this bowl season and match up with some legit teams, it's no surprise a lot of the teams get exposed. Well, a lot of these teams also don't want to put – the way the college – this is why another reason why I'm, I'm kind of with the 18 playoff is because a lot of these teams won't put tough – uh, non-conference games on their schedule because they can't afford to lose. This, Like, I heard um, Rich Eisen talking about this the other day. If Clemson would have lost to Syracuse, mm -hmm. that might have kept them out the four teams for the playoffs. You know, and, like, you can't afford to lose a game, which makes it to where, like, teams like Alabama would have the most cupcake non-conference schedule ever created. But you can't afford to lose a game before, you know, the uh, playoff seedings are set. 
because of the way it, the way the uh, college playoff works. So, mm-hmm. I mean, moving forward, I really feel like that's a re- that's another reason why the eight team uh, playoffs going to come along. Uh, moving on to the um, Alabama and uh, Oklahoma, yeah, Oklahoma game. <sighs> that game, uh, Tua looked good. Uh, the defense Tua looked so good. good. I mean, this is a different Alabama team. It this really is not. Is. I mean, we're used to Tavens, Alabama's teams always having great running backs. Let me let me interrupt you real defense. quick. Who's number eight the running back for Alabama? Uh, is it um? It's last. It's last name Jacobs. If yep. you if you listen in the chat, if you know who that running back is, please let me know because I can't think of his name right now. I think his last name is Jacobs. That dude is a stud. Yes. And Beastie. it's funny because I was listening to the broadcast and they were talking about how that guy might probably be the, he could, if, if he comes out, he could be the first running back taken in the draft. Not a surprise. And uh, I mean, the guy only had like 600 yards and seven touchdowns on the season, but man, they had to share those carries, you know? Yeah, yeah, with two other running backs, but uh-huh. man, oh man, he did look like the running back, oh, the I best mean, running back on the team. You know, like just any Alabama running back for probably, even if they're backups. Third string, they can probably start for ninety percent of the other universities around uh-huh. the country. You know, so that I mean. guy was a stud, dude. <laughs> just straight stud. He looked, and 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 he is from Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Oklahoma didn't recruit him, right? So uh-huh. he had a way to stick it to him. Yeah, yeah. He, oh that that touchdown catch he had, where he just trucked the safety who was about six two two ten, and he trucked him like he was me or you. Because I mean, we're both what about 170. Right. You know what I'm saying? He made he made that guy look bad. So I'm so interested to see the way he plays against a very athletic and oh, good. Yeah. That Clemson's game is going to be defense. so good it's on be Monday. Epic. And everyone's talking about like, oh, they're fatigued of Alabama and Clemson. But I mean, what can you say? Like I said, these are the two best teams. Yes, we got. We want to see some new blood in there. And that was Notre Dame. Notre Dame was the new blood in the playoff. And look what happened. So, I mean, be careful what you wish for. That's all I want to say. Thank you, Boone. Josh Jacobs is his name. Yes. So, yeah, that guy's a stud. And I, I can't wait till Monday. Uh, just talking about the Al- uh, Alabama-Oklahoma game. I mean, really, it was 28-0. Uh, Oklahoma mm-hmm. didn't have anything for them. The, uh, the Alabama defense came ready to play because they thought Tua got got mm, shafted, because I can't say the word that I want to say, uh, <laughs> shafted for the Heisman. In all reality, if you look at the season, Tua probably should have won the Heisman, but his lack of ability after being injured against Georgia and the way Kyler Murray just ended the year just being a high-powered right. offense running behind him, and he played for the worst defense in all of college football passing wise. Right. They he were the carried last, that team. Yeah, they uh-huh. were the last ranked pass defense in college football. And like the score is deceiving because they did go up twenty eight zero. But what Alabama started doing is just running the football mm-hmm. which Getting that clock up. Yeah, which mm-hmm. let Oklahoma get back in the game because they would have continued to pass the ball too. Oh, yeah. They would have threw for six, seven hundred yards. The, they did take their foot off the pedal a little bit, you know, and you let them back in the game. But like I said, they were never threatened though, you know. So and like I said, what's different about this Alabama team this time around is that this offense, man, I mean, these wide receivers are top-notch. Jerry Judy won the Bolitnikoff. Uh, just to his passing ability. I mean, he can put that ball where only his receivers – he can make really the NFL throws, man. I mean, when the last time you know like an Alabama quarterback do that? What, Joe Namath? You know, I mean, this yeah. guy is really he's a legit. And he got to come back next year. So Yeah, I he mean, has to he come has back. He has to. He's going to be a true junior, so he'll be back next year. So expect more of the same, man. And, uh, Boone, I know Calamari beats him in every stat, but stats only tell a portion of the story. When you play in that Big Ten, when there's no good defenses, when you have a team 
that uh, that can't stop the pass, so you have to continue to score left and right, which takes the whole running game out of it. And which what the running game does is chew up the clock and, and runs time off the clock. That's what the play action. Yeah, you know? I, I, and I mean like, you he he better have more stats than uh, Tua because Alabama plays a whole different style of football. So yeah, stats wise, he was better than Tua. But if Tua would have had a great game against Georgia, Kyler Murray does not win that Heisman. He only wins that Heisman due to the fact that he got hurt. And uh, uh, Jalen Hurts, Hurts came come in, in, and, in and fill for him and, and, and fill in for him and win. If they would have just beat the brakes off of Georgia, uh, Tua wins that Heisman hands down. I think so too. All right, moving on into the last. Hold on, oh championship. Who you got? Oh man, I've been back and forth with this one. You know, I love Dabo. Dabble's one of my favorite coaches in the game. He's my favorite coach Man, in the game. Man, where do you find a guy that's just all about the school? I mean, BYLG, bring your own guts. You know, he's a man of Christian faith, but he cares about his players. He's passionate for the game. And, I mean, he's from Alabama. So, I think he, they're, they're going to bring it. Um, I wonder how this true freshman quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, is going to handle. Is he going to be starstruck because he's never been there before? Um, it's going to consist of what he can do. I think the defense is going to be all right. Uh, I think they are going to do a good job at stuffing Alabama's run game um, and, you know, forcing Tua to, you know, really make plays on his own. But I think they're going to have a safety spy, Tua, to take away um, his scrambling ability. On the other hand, uh, Alabama, man, I just, I just don't think it's going to be a high score scored game I think it's gonna be like a defensive just smash mouth knocking a snot out of people you know um I just it's hard for me to I never want to go against Alabama you know it's just so hard for me to pull the trigger on Clemson but if you put gun to my head today I'm going to say Alabama I will oh, give me your score uh 31-24 Alabama. That's, that's interesting. As much as I want Clemson to win, <laughs> as much as I'm going to root for Clemson, as much as I do not want to pick Alabama, <laughs> I just don't think Clemson's going to have enough. I think Alabama – this is not the most dominant Alabama team by far. It isn't. But I think for this season – they're the most dominant team. They had their hiccup against Georgia. They still found a way to win. They're going to beat Clemson. I think it's going to be a close game for the first three and a half quarters, and then Alabama pulls away. What was your score again, 31-24? 24. I think it's going to be on that level, too, a 31-24, 31-21, you know, 34-24. I think it's going to be like more of like a 10-point game. I think it's going to be close throughout. I think they're going to go into halftime, you know, tied or up by three, either or team. Uh -huh. And then coming out into the uh, halftime adjustments, I just think Alabama's going to find a way. I just think they got the better talent. They got the better right. receivers. They got the better running backs. They got the better quarterback. Uh -huh. I'm very interested to see how Trevor Lawrence is going to play, the right. freshman quarterback for Clemson. Uh -huh. I think he's very talented, but I don't think this is his year. And what's so interesting about both of these teams, the majority of these, of these players will be back next year. Uh -huh. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be both of these teams in the same spot again next year. So if you're tired of it, I'm sorry, because <laughs> it's coming right back next year. Right. I just think Alabama just has a little bit more talent right. than Clemson. And they also have been battle-tested. I mean, they yes. played some legit teams. Like, they beat LSU. They beat Georgia, you know. Um, 
beat Auburn. I mean, like they beat some legit teams, you know. Beat and, Oklahoma. Yes, I mean Clemson. Clemson beat some pretty good teams, but they ain't they played the meat schedule tested. of Alabama. Yeah, they ain't been battle tested enough, and that's what's gonna probably hurt them. And I'm, it is what it is, you know. I mean, the fact that Clemson had to play was it Boston College that uh-huh. they played in the. Uh, ACC championship? No, they played Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. The fact that there yeah. wasn't any – Pittsburgh didn't prepare them for, them, you know, what they're about to see. Exactly. No the fact that Clemson hasn't played – really, no one in the ACC was really great. No. Nope. I just don't – I think once they – A lot come, of parity. Yeah, a lot of parity in the ACC. I think once they come play this behemoth team in Alabama, I think they're. I think Alabama's going to punch them in the mouth early. I think, I think uh, Clemson's going to be gassed up, ready to go. But I do think Alabama's going to punch them in the mouth. They're going to find out how – Beastly, both of these lines mm-hmm. offensively, the trenches are going to win. Trenches, the, the trenches yes. going to win the game. And the fact Most that definitely. Clemson don't have their best player in the trenches mm-hmm. is going to make a difference this, too. Which probably will make a difference in this game. Yes, it would definitely not against Notre Dame because Notre Dame didn't have nothing <laughs> for Clemson. But as far as this game, and I do not like Alabama. Like I root against Alabama every game. Alabama's the Patriots to me. I can't stand either one of those teams. So if you're a Patriots fan, Alabama fan, I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I respect them. You know, people hate greatness, but I respect them because co- the, they're, they're the two best coaches in both, you know, spans of football. They have mm-hmm. the two best teams of the last decade mm-hmm. or two, you know. So, I got Alabama winning. Now, moving on to your epic, epic bowl experiences. Man. Let's go ahead and talk about each individual bowl you got to go to okay. as part of the media. Uh-huh. Tell me what you've learned from it. Tell me some of the people you've met. You uh-huh. know, I saw all the pictures and everything, but people – well, yes. not everybody was able to see it. So go and talk I about the first you. one you went to. Well, I'll cover the Quick Lane Bowl, which was held in Detroit between Minnesota and Georgia Tech. Um, I drove up there. Uh, Detroit, man, I was kind of starstruck in the city, man. I went, had to go by and see Motown, Barry Gordy, where he started out. You know, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, Detroit, man, it's kind of a rundown city a little bit, you know. Um, but Ford Field was very nice. State-of-the-art stadium, Detroit Lions Stadium, very beautiful. Um, the game wasn't as competitive. Minnesota came out and handled their business, you know. Um, but I got to, you know, do a lot of networking, meet some interesting people, met a lot of NFL-level people because that bowl is like – it's an NFL, um, you know, bowl game. For I mean, like, with the Detroit Lions covering that. So yeah, I got to meet a lot of NFL staff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but, yes, got to go down, talk to P.J. Fleck, the head coach from Minnesota, interview – um, Ibrahim, the running back that ran for 224 yards and, you know, got the quick lane bowl MVP and Tyler Johnson caught his 11th and 12th touchdown pass in the game. Man, it was definitely very, very beautiful. Um, I think they're going to invite me back next year. I'll be back next year. I might fly this time because I drove up there and it was a <laughs> 10 and a half hour drive, you know. Luckily, it wasn't that cold up in Michigan. You know, you would think it would be like really cold, but when I was there, it was about 45 degrees, so it wasn't too bad, you know. I mean, I stayed down in the downtown area. They had casinos right down there and everything. A lot of interesting people. I don't gamble, but, like, I was just, you know, <laughs> just looking around, scoping out the city. Like I said, I had to go see Motown, my Temptations, and, you know, the Gladys Knight and the Pips, all that, you know. It was, it was really nice. Even midnight train to right. Georgia. Hey, it was, <laughs> hey, I was starstruck. But uh, that, was, that was definitely good. Now, my next bowl game I covered was the Holiday Bowl, and I flew to San Diego for that. And let me tell you, San Diego is beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful weather, beautiful women. <laughs> I mean, all I've seen mostly was Mercedes Benzes, Ferraris, Lamborghinis. I went to a car show, seen an Ashton Martin. I done seen 
I was like, wow, the beach was beautiful. The people there, man, were now, nice. Now, let me stop crazy. you real quick. Just for those who don't know, we live in Omaha, Nebraska. Nebraska. Right. That's why this is exciting, okay? So right. don't hate because yeah. you might see Lamborghinis and Ashton Martins every day, but in Omaha, no, if you don't, don't have four-wheel drive, right, we don't see <laughs> well, you ain't driving it out here. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> but, yeah, that was really fun. Uh, got to go to the pre- uh, press conference before the game and talk with – Utah coach uh, Kyle Whittingham and with Pat Fitzgerald for Northwestern. Man, Pat Fitzgerald, man, that dude is huge in person. I mean, I'm only 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, this dude like 6'4". He looked like he could still get out there and play, man. <laughs> you know, because you know he's a former linebacker for Northwestern. And they're really class act guys. Very fun to interview. You know, um, I enjoyed everything. At the Holiday Bowl, uh, it was in the old San Diego Chargers Stadium. Qualcomm. Uh, Qualcomm, yes. It was actually raining that day. Uh but I was down there on the field, got to celebrate with Northwestern, you know, when they got their um, presentation trophy, got to take pictures with the players, the MVP of the game, Clayton Thorson, which should be, he should be like a high NFL draft pick. Uh, Patty Fisher, the mascot, the cheerleaders, man, it was really fun. And they already invited me back next year, so I'll be covering the Holiday Bowl next year also. Hopefully Nebraska will be in there, man. That will be interesting. But the game was really good, man. Utah, they played without three of their players, their, their star wide receiver, their star running back, and their star quarterback. Uh, Utah was controlling most of the game for the first half. I mean, Northwestern couldn't run the ball, do nothing. I think they only had like six first downs. Man, once they hit that, what the key of that game was a third down stop when Northwestern was inside the old goal line. And instead of Utah going up, 24 to 3 they only went up 20 to 3 and that was the turning point because the whole second half was a tale of two different tapes northwestern came out there and dominated defense stepped up created turnovers clayton thorson made big throws they just the whole team was just on fire i, I don't know like i said whatever pat fitzgerald told his team at halftime that halftime speech was been one for the ages because they came out on fire and i mean utah had like Bumbleitis. They couldn't hold on to the football. I swear I've seen like five, six turnovers. Northwestern scored 28 points in that third quarter, which tied for a record when Barry Sanders played for Oklahoma State back in like 1988. It was crazy. I've never seen nothing like it. Wow. Now, I'm so proud of you, man, because, I mean, I remember when I first met you, uh, we were just talking, and, and you all always asked me, like, how was I able to, you know, go and cover so many events? And I try to tell you, it was easy as pie, bro. All you got to do is ask uh-huh. and reach out. And was it easy? Yeah. I mean, it was it was, it was easy. Like, I you you like can't do everything. You know, you can't do everything you want to do. Like, you can't cover national championship because we're not on that high right. level you know, yet. And their media availability. Like, they go by, like, how much media availability there is. But I, I make sure I had got on the phone and talked to, you know, the guy that runs, you know, the Holiday Bowl. was like, hey, man, check out my website. Yeah, I just had started up about a little over three and a half months ago. But I'm building, um, you know, the subscribers coming up, you know, and it's all original content. I, I, I got a passion writing about this. It's like a form of art for me. I love this game. And he was like, you know what? We're going to get you out here, man. You know, he's like, first he was like, you're going to really fly way out here to San Diego, California, from Omaha, Nebraska to cover the Holiday Bowl. I was like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, what you know, what so, else do I have to right. do, you know? So, uh, definitely, man. Uh, it was the best experience of my life. Got to spend New Year's Eve there, man. It was just just classic. I didn't want to come back, man. <laughs> I wouldn't want to come back to this cold weather either, man. <laughs> oh, as soon as I got off the plane, it was like, it's 15 degrees. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. Now, see, my goal is to go to the Holiday Bowl with you next year. I'm going to have to get on the credential list. With right, everybody up here asking now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's, that's how it's going to be, though, dude. It's like, once you get... All you got to do is get your feet wet, man, and uh-huh. just, you know, cover everything. Make sure you do your write-ups on everything, bro, and 
you're going to be fine. Like, I'm trying to go to Super Bowl this year, even though I probably ain't going to make it, but I'm sure going to uh, apply for my credentials to the Super Bowl and the NFL draft this year. Uh-huh. So, I mean, both of us uh, should definitely we, – we'll talk about that as we get closer to the NFL draft as far as getting our credentials set in to go to the NFL draft, especially with your website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we, sh- we you see me keep saying we. <laughs> we should be good. Yeah. <laughs> But with that being said, man, it's been a pleasure covering college football with you this year, man. Uh, we got off to a late start. You know, big shout out to uh, Adam Pettis for introducing us, man. And yes. We Thank finally, you, Adam, bro. We finally got it figured out, and we've been, you know, pretty consistent for the most part. Uh, we're going to keep it moving on with, you know, all the – and I think once we start doing, like, all this draft coverage and stuff like that, we should have no problem really getting credentials to at least get to the end of the uh, the last day of the draft. Maybe not the first – uh, our second day, but I know we can probably get to like the third day of the draft and be able to go in there and just. Where is the draft going to be at this year? Oh, it was in Dallas last year. I think they're going back to New York this year. I have to uh, get that for sure. But hopefully it's closer than that because we can just split the drive time in half. We can just drive out there, <laughs> man. Keep it 100, bro. New York. Take a, take a, take a, a man's trip. But um, most definitely, man, I'm looking forward to what we got coming forward. Uh, looking to expand and keep everything moving, man. I appreciate having you on the show, man. Yeah, thank you to everybody who subscribed to Stay Alive and Power 5. I mean, I put my heart into this. You know, I'm going to keep it pushing. You know, just thank for everybody for their support. You know, I'm not going to let you down. Hey, we, we here, baby, and it's only going to come up from here. I want to thank everybody. All right, with that being said, we're going to move on to the next segment. I'm going to have the advocate calling in, talking a little bit about the Cowboys season and uh, what to expect from the Cowboys in their playoffs. And then after that, going straight to the MSR, my Madden Football League. But until then, I'll chat with you in a minute. We're going to take a quick break here on MavRadio.fm. You're listening to K100. 